Hi, and welcome to the Positive Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, James Devine, owner of Onwards Life Coaching. The purpose of this podcast is to empower people to live a more positive life. Any time I've spoken to somebody about mental health, because being in the mental health circle and trying to help people and everything like that, I look at people's problems and I think what I had was just silly. But at the time, it didn't seem silly. And that's what I realise now with mental health. What people are worrying about might seem silly to somebody else, but it doesn't seem silly to them. That is the voice of today's guest, Alex Cottis, co-founder of Stamp and now part of Heal Mental Health Support. In this conversation, we talk about how he dealt with loneliness and how he helps others in the community. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Positive Mindset podcast. Today's guest is Alex Cottis. Hi, Alex. Yeah. Hi, James. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, mate. You? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks. Good, good. Um, Alex, for the, for the listeners, could you give me a little bit of your backstory? Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about this before, but I'll go through it. I mean, I, I never really had any mental health issues as such growing up. It was, it was more towards when I left for university, I, I'm originally Cornish and I moved to Stoke-on-Trent to go to Staffordshire University. And that was a bit of a world because I was, I was uh, an older student. I joined university when I was about 24, 25. So a lot of people were much younger than me, but I'd obviously uprooted my life, moved across the country. I say across the country, halfway up the country. Yeah. Um, and I spent three years at university. I made some great friends. I lived with some great people. We had some great times. But then, and I'm not blaming my wife in any way, shape or form, but my wife moved up to live with me. Um, so at the end of university, when everybody goes off, you know, moves home or goes to their new jobs or anything like that I was still here Mm -hmm. um which you know I found quite difficult because I'm an extremely sociable person um and then these people weren't there anymore so you know I I still got my wonderful wife here but obviously sometimes you just need somebody you don't see every single day so um so I sort of fell into I would say almost a state of depression I don't really know what was going on in my life but obviously everything was upturned and I started to feel lonely and I couldn't in my mind from from being younger and everything like that I'd never experienced being lonely and I know it sounds strange being lonely when you've got somebody there but it was a case of I didn't have somebody I could call up and say do you want to go for a pint Mm. because there wasn't anyone and you know I could go for a pint with my wife that's fine but there are some things that you want to outlet to people that you don't want to bring home to like family life you know I can't I could moan moan to my wife about work but I don't think she'd understand it in the way say moaning to a work colleague would yeah. um so that was that was quite difficult for me at the time and I I would say I almost had a breakdown I had a year um probably around 2017 where I just did everything all the time like we didn't have a weekend free at all. I just needed to keep myself busy like all the time. And I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I can keep myself busy. We went 
uh, we traveled all the time. We we just went to random places. There was gigs to go to. There was places to go and see. I could uh, I could uproot myself quickly and like you know just disappear to places just to keep myself busy. And thinking back now, I don't know how I did it, especially now with this lockdown. I'm I'm quite like rooted back home like just not going out really but back yeah. then I just had to have something to do and it really really affected me and I knew because I've got group chats with the guys I went to uni with I've got group chats with friends and everything like that but it, as I said it's just not that easy to go and see them and especially when they started to grow their lives around their new work colleagues and I didn't actually get a job immediately after university well I did I tell a lie. I got a job in a local Halfords. So I met some friends there and that kept me busy. But it wasn't the I've been surrounded by like minded people. You know, I, I did a I did a degree in uh, automotive engineering. And, you know, so we were going to race weekends. We were you know, always doing something. And then I wasn't doing something. Um, so I didn't I didn't immediately get a, a career or start my career afterwards. I actually sat around for a few days and then decided I wanted to do my master's degree. Um, which luckily in that time, I also got offered a job. So All right. I had this, this sort of my void was being filled, luckily, but it wasn't being filled to the degree that I had it. I'd always had people around and I, I just enjoy people's company. And then not having that company, as I said, was just this strangeness to me. I luckily, you know, I started to realize that I didn't have to have people on tap. The people that really cared, um, or, you know, not the people that really cared, the people that wanted to take the time would take the time. So I was, you know, I mean, I'm probably the bad person that never goes to visit people, but obviously with work and a life, um, it, <laughs> it gets a bit tricky. I mean, not that I've got that much of a life. Anyway, I have no children, so I'm quite, well, actually, I have a fur baby. I have a dog. So right. that keeps me occupied. But that was that was really how I suffered with it was just this. I, I didn't know what was going on. And I realized looking back at it now, I was pretty much having a breakdown because that year was crazy. Um, which then led me on because I was. Uh, this This leads into how I started helping out with mental health and everything like that. I like to give positive vibes. I like to mm -hmm. be positive. I like to always be optimistic even though people would probably say i'm very pessimistic when they meet me but it was um how, how did that sit with you at the time then if you were if you were feeling that that isolated how did that the uh the you know the, your positive vibes as you that said, was it you know? the positive vibes were gone mm. so it took me a while to like realize and I, I did actually speak to my wife about it and just say you know i am struggling and then I think that was, I, I mean, most, most wives, partners, husbands will be supportive. But I think to turn around to somebody and say, right, we're going here this weekend. This weekend we're going here. I have no idea how I financially supported my breakdown. But I basically had a midlife crisis at like 27, um, which wasn't great. So, yeah, it's sort of, that's when I knew something was going wrong not wrong but i knew something was wrong was because i wasn't happy i was happy in the things that i had you know and i was happy in the place that i was but there was just this 
nagging feeling that I wasn't happy. Mm. And it was because, and I know now, as I said, because I've always been this people person and those people weren't there anymore. So that's, that was how I knew something was going wrong. Um, and luckily my, my, yeah, Chloe, my wife, she was a hundred percent supportive. I think, I don't think she'd ever put up with me saying, right, we're going here or there every single weekend anymore. But yeah, that was, sorry. Sorry, no, sorry, mate. No, I was just, uh, just picking up on that. Do you think you were using that as a, as a coping mechanism? It was 100% a coping mechanism. I had mm. to keep my brain active. I think because I'd obviously just done a degree as well, I always had my brain active. And then mm -hmm. it wasn't just the friends moving. It was the not having any structure. All of a sudden it was gone. And yeah. it's very for me, it was very difficult. I realise now that it's not that difficult, but that's looking back on it. And we're always very good at looking back on what we've done and thinking, that was stupid or that's easy. Why did you worry about <laughs> yeah. that? But yeah, yeah. so it, yeah, it was, it was definitely my coping mechanism. And it seems strange. I've always said, you know, any time I've spoken to somebody about mental health, because being in the mental health circle and trying to help people and everything like that, I look at people's problems and I think what I had was just silly. But at the time, it didn't seem silly. And that's what I realise now with mental health. What people are worrying about might seem silly to somebody else, but it doesn't seem silly to them. Absolutely. And I think, I think people really need to understand that first that what somebody's going through might not affect them. It might not bother them, but it does obviously yeah. it affects that person. So turning around to somebody and saying, don't be silly. All right. Temporarily, you might think, yeah, I've sold that, but you haven't. You've just, you, you, you're, you don't think it's silly, but they obviously do. So, yeah. yeah. Just spending lots of money and having a crazy, crazy lifestyle for a year is my coping mechanism. And then it, like the dust settled at the end because I actually picked up a master's degree and started doing a master's degree. So I had that structure again. And I think that I think the main problem was in reality, as I, as, as just touched on, I always had structure. You know, I mm. when I left school, I worked and I worked and I worked and then I worked and went to college and then I went to university and there was always this, always something going on, always structure, always people around. And then obviously when that ended there was no like you know there's no and it sounds stupid to think that there's got to be this like structure afterwards because you're supposed to get a job but in my mind I'd already applied I think that was the other factor that may have caused it was I'd applied for loads of jobs after university a lot of my friends had got jobs in great careers and everywhere I'd applied for just I didn't hear anything back um so obviously that was compiling on top as well. So I think at the time I just, I was just at a complete loose end, um, which seems strange. But, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it does, to be honest with you, because it seems to me that you, you, were, you were searching for something. It's like when you, 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 you say, for instance, you, you're running, let's say running a marathon, yeah. you're training and training and training yeah, for, this, for this day. You finish the marathon, you get your medal. And that's that's it, it, yeah. 
And I think that's yeah. where most runners will then go on and train for something else, keep training to do yeah. another marathon or something. But uh, in my head, the, the next marathon hadn't come yet. Yeah. So, and I needed that next marathon. And then I, the, the thing was for me that I realized, I'd say I had like a year, as I said, I had like a year where I just did everything all the time. You know, it didn't, it, it didn't matter to me what it was. You know, I was just going to go and do it type thing mm. um, just to keep myself occupied. And then, and then things started to like get better. And I know sometimes you can turn around to people and go, oh, well, things will get better and stuff like that. But you can't give a time scale of that. Things started no. to get better. Then it went down a hill a little bit and then it picked back up again. Um, but then that's when I really, you know, that, as I say, because I look back on it now and I feel like I had like this type of mental health breakdown. And it, again, you know, I, I can't compare what I've been through to other people's struggles. But at the same time, I felt that, you know, there are going to be other people like me that just have this like nothingness for a period of time yep. and realizing that that was not so much. I keep calling it a breakdown. It, it wasn't a breakdown as such, but just this, this moment in my life where nothing was going right, you know, and then everything compacts on top of it, doesn't it? And you have negative thoughts and, you know, with with job offer or applying for jobs and being rejected you know i tried so hard for university and then out the other side people are basically saying you know if to me they were like you're not good enough obviously they weren't saying that other candidates you know better universities better backgrounds you know all that but at the time it it, it can be related to anything can't it at the time when you get some yeah. bad news you just things can keep piling on top which is why i just realized that you just need to look for that silver lining that's for me it's that silver lining i try not to get angry about things i'm quite laid back i don't i don't see a need i think uh, for me anger is just a wasted energy yeah but obviously some people need that some people need that outlet and that's fine so everybody has their different ways of dealing with things but yeah yeah i mean i think you're right in in one respect anger is can be seen as, as a as a wasted outlet it, it also can be seen as a, an emotion that could motivate yeah. you to do something i agree but as long as you know you're keeping the emotion yeah in check. well that that's it as i said just because i personally feel that anger is a wasted energy to me that doesn't mean it's a wasted energy to somebody else it's just everybody like like i said everybody has their different ways of working uh, again yeah like mm -hmm. like you said anger as long as you can channel that anger and focus that anger on the right things i think that's sometimes where things can go wrong uh, we uh, as humans we're so quick with oh well not all of us but quite a lot of us are so quick with our emotions and you can let your emotions run away with you and i think that's how going back to me, the the negativity, I just let that emotion run away with me. You know, oh, this isn't going well. And, oh, you know, and then obviously I realised, for me personally, I realised I just needed that, that time to like fill that void. But there was always, even, even when I was keeping myself busy, keeping my brain occupied, I didn't like to be still. 
I still don't like to be still. I don't like silence. I like I like being busy. I like noise and everything like that. Because if you sit really quietly, you start to think. And I try not to think because I'm an overthinker. Right. And that's also another, you know, that that's also I've I've always been an overthinker. So, you know, you get that rejection letter, you get that negativity, you think, oh, you know, that's bad. Why didn't they like me? Or, you know, and then it just, oh, what did I say something wrong? And it just keeps going. And then it just, that's just the type of person I am, but everything barrel rolls and then you end up in a right mess. Mm. It, it's, it's interesting that you say that, Alex, because when you say it, that's just the type of person I am, it's, it's, a, it's a thought process. Yeah. Um, that happens and you know your, your, your thoughts come into your head that's recreate the emotions which recreate the actions that you take that take place in, um, in physically or mentally um, in, 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 in you know in your actions what you do in your yeah. environment um, so it, you know it can be it can be taught you can actually you know learn to control those thoughts and mindfulness is a, it's a fantastic tool for doing that have you ever practiced anything? To like be honest, that no, I haven't. Because I found, as I said, I found my coping mechanism, which was just to to keep myself busy. At this, at this is where I think I'm going to have to look into something like that, especially because of this lockdown at the moment. And I work from home. You know, my wife is a teacher, so she has to still go to work. So she's like the primary person that leaves the house. So... I can't keep myself busy anymore. I've, I decided I went for a run today for the first time in a long time, but that was, again, that was my coping mechanism because I've got, I've got a presentation for a promotion at work coming up in a few weeks, and right. sitting there and overthinking it is exactly what I started to do. So I had to keep myself busy. So I think I will have to look into mindfulness and just being able to but again you know I, I, I like to try different things but I also like to go back to how I know how to cope because I don't yeah. want to you know it's you know trick not not so much at the moment but when when I start to overthink things I know how to deal with those overthinking things I know what to do and it's like say studying for an exam you know, every time you study for an exam, you do it in the same way. If somebody says, oh, have you tried this mm -hmm. method? The last thing you want to do is try this method right before the exam. Because if you, you don't yeah. know. But I think what I'll try and do then with, with the mindfulness is after this is out the way in a couple of weeks, I'll try it then. Um, but that that's the problem. If I don't have anything to panic about, um, I don't really need it. It's strange. Uh, you know, it. I, but it's the same with anybody. It's, it's almost anxiety, isn't it? Presentation, something big coming up. You're going to get yourself worked up. Yeah, and that's a that's a big part of it. Anxiety is, you know, too too much future. Uh, yeah, basically. that's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, in my head, I've planned out my future for the next five years. I've yeah. I've planned the two routes. It's going to go well or it's going to go badly. Well, if anything of the last year's taught us, we can't plan anything. No, I mean, I, I was one of the lucky ones. I was actually away with work when COVID struck England. Um, and mm. we we ended up, I, our airline collapsed and we got stuck abroad. But this all started right. with, you know, at the start of the year, everybody going, oh, this won't affect England. And there I was three months later, trapped, stuck in a foreign country 
thinking, yeah, well, nobody <laughs> planned for this, did they? And it, how did how did that make you, how did that make you feel then? Obviously, because you were you were not well, in control then, are you? And, to be honest, um, I was very lucky, so it didn't actually bother me that much because, you know, it was work's time. If I get stuck abroad mm. in work's time, I mean, we we have a travel company, we have a way to make sure we get back. So those aren't the thing. I'm not bothered about things that aren't in my control if there's no way of me controlling them. You know, if but if if there's a way that I could control something but I can't control it, that's when I start to get panicked. Whereas, you know, for instance, if I was on a plane and the plane started going down, apologies to anybody that's scared of flights, but, you know, I can't <laughs> fly a plane. So I am relinquished to the fact that there's nothing I can do about it. But I get really worked up about things that I can do, but I'm not able to do. So that seems, I know that seems strange, but, you know, I, I think I've just... As I said, I was quite laid back and I've just sort of given in to, if I can't control it, I'm, I'm not going to bother. That's, that's interesting that you say that, Alex. I'm just going yeah. to pick up on that because um, you say you're not bothered about stuff that yeah. you can't control and yet you're anxious about the well, future. I'm anxious about presentation, but I can control that. So for me... But, but can you? You can only control what your what your words are that you're going to be speaking I, on the day. Anything, I, anything I, oh, can of happen. course, anything can happen. I agree, and what will be will be. But at the at the same time, you know, I have a choice between practicing for this presentation or not caring and not bothering. So, for me, I'm going to be anxious because I want it to be right. So, yeah, I can control my words and everything like that. But as you said, anything can happen. Hopefully nothing happened. I mean, uh, I'm lucky. I don't have to do it in front of them. But I think there's this big nugget that the big like head of the company will be watching. Um, and then mm. so that's what causes me to be anxious. But if it was something that I couldn't control, you know, I have no influence in as such, then I wouldn't really care. I I, I, I get what you're saying there, but you, you're... You have influence over you. I'm not saying not practice because yeah. you know, you know, pre you know, practicing makes you know not perfect, but practicing well, makes it permanently better. My presentation won't um, be a surprise if I practice. Yeah, exactly. That that that's fine. My my um, not argument, yeah. but my challenge would be that yes, you can you can practice what yeah. you can do, but you you can't foresee what is going to happen. I mean, who, no. who knows in the future what? What's no, happen. I don't. So, I. I'm saying if you, you no point in worrying about what's going to happen I don't, in the future, practice what yeah. you need to practice, but not worry about what's what could happen. Because you know, when we start that's, doing that, it's, it's like, that, you know, it's like sit, sitting in a rocking it. chair, isn't it? And you know, you're rocking, rocking away and you're not going anywhere. That's it, but this so, is uh, like going back to what I said because I've got this coming up and like my brain starts to overthink it. And I agree with you, there's no point in panicking about something, you know, what will be will be as such, but. I will still get worked up about something. So that is how, like, I just went for a run. Because after that, you know, I, it's strange. Because when you go for a run, you don't think about anything. Well, I don't, at least. No. I'm sure some people do. I have no idea how people listen to audiobooks and go for a run. But 
I'm, yeah, I, I'd listen to music. Yeah, I music, like a tempoed beat, but an audio book. Some people are masters at it. Some people love to pop, listen to podcasts. I actually do well. also <laughs> listen to podcasts. Not audio books, though, because podcasts are quite easy listening versus a book, say. But... But then the, we're part of um, mindfulness yeah. technique is actually focusing on the breath. So when you're actually running and you have nothing and you're just literally listening to your own breath, that is yeah. mindfulness. In well, I do. Obviously, I, I have to concentrate on my breathing because sometimes I listen to myself breathe and then think I'm not breathing enough. Um, <laughs> is that, does that cause, does that cause uh, your anxiety? Then? Yeah, I, I suppose it would. There are some, there are some strange yeah. things. Like strange dreams and things that I have that cause me anxiety. I have a reoccurring dream that I'm running, but my legs won't run fast enough. And now I know I have this dream, but I never remember it. If you get what I mean, I don't remember when I've had the dream. I just know I've had it. It's just strange. Can I, as just an observation there, I would say, with that dream, it sounds like you're chasing after something and you're never going to yeah, get I'm there. always chasing something. I think so, my wife calls me a dreamer. She thinks that I will be a millionaire, do something. You know, I've, I've always got an idea. There's always something I want to do. I watch a TV program and I think that's a cool job. I want to do that now. Um, but I've... <laughs> there's there's no, nothing wrong with being a dreamer. I think because you know, I've always... I did it twice. And then since then, I've always thought, yeah, this will be lucky. When I was at university, I said, when I left for university, I think a lot of people, it was sort of my make or break thing because I I wanted to go and work in racing because I've been a mechanic for a long time. And then my wife inspired me and mm-hmm. said, you can do it. So I did it. Um, but while <laughs> when I went to university, I said to my wife, I want to go and work for Porsche. And then in the second year of university, I worked in Porsche racing. I actually landed a job in Porsche racing. And then after that, I said, I want to go and work at Bentley. And then I got a job at Bentley. So because I've, because I seem like, I, I feel like if I say it, it will happen. So it just depends on how much effort I want to put into it to get to that. Like there are all these like small jobs that I see and think, oh, I could do that. That would seems like fun. But I never actually chase after it. But if there's something I think I want to do that, or if I actually tell people I want to do that, then it gives me the drive to do it. You know, because I don't, I don't want to seem like an idiot. That's 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 no, that's really that's really interesting, mate. What what um what sort of personality type do you think you are? I are am an extrovert perfectionist. In the but mm. but there's. It's strange. I get this from my mum. My mum is perfectionist. You know, like she has to get new carpets because she hoovers so much because her house is so clean. But I'm one of those type of people that if I want to keep it perfect, it will stay perfect. But if it gets messed up, like this is going to seem strange. I like things perfect, but I realise not everything can be perfect. And those imperfections are what makes things individual. Uh, that seems strange, I know, but it's like owning a shiny car. Obviously, my life has been 
literally cars from the moment I could talk, I could name cars and I still work with cars mm. now. And I own a nice car and I put it away and everything like that. And I know in my mind, if there is an imperfection on a car, like a scratch or something like that, that is the only thing I will see. I will only ever focus on the negative parts. If 99% of something is perfect, the 1% is the thing that really grips me. And I always work to like get that 1%. But my wife has made me sort of come round to the understandings that nothing will be 100% perfect. No matter how well somebody portrays something to be perfect, how amazing somebody's life seems or, you know, everything like that, there'll always be something that's not perfect. It's just if you want to see that yep. or not. So I'm sort of slowly coming around to the idea of ignoring that 1%. But sometimes it comes back. But that's, you know, that that's exactly the same in my career. It's exactly the same. You know, like looking back at my university grades, I I strive for top marks. And I got top marks in almost every single module I did. But I only focus on the ones I didn't get top marks in. doesn't matter the fact that I got those top marks and I got the, you know, the top grade for it. I care about the thing that I didn't get. Those are the things that, like, nag me. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Because obviously, you know, perfection, like, like you said, um, what is perfection? Your perfection yeah. and my perfection are maybe two, two totally different things. So perfect, being perfect is, you know, we're all, in, we're all imperfect people oh, yeah. in a very imperfect world. Uh, to seek perfection, um, is, is that is it a, bit of a bit of a fool's errand? Yeah, think? I think... I, if any, to, to seek perfection, yeah, chasing perfection is probably a non-stop journey for somebody. I mean, there's nothing wrong no, with having no, high standards not. for yourself, but but seeking seeking perfection seems seems to be um, a race that you're you're never yeah. you're never going to win. You know, some people spend their lives trying to win that race. That's it. That's. I don't think I. Is that a race you, you Perfection. want to run? No. Uh, it, it's something I did want to run. If, I, like I said, if I put my mind to things, I want, you know, I've always, I live by the mantra, there's no point in doing something unless you're going to do it to the best of your ability. But the best of my ability is different to yeah. the best of your ability. I couldn't plonk you in an automotive, you know, engineering lecture and go do your best. And when it's not the same as mine... I'm like, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> no. But I would do the best that I can do for me. So if you did the best that you could do for you, you know, you're, you've not let yourself down. And there's no way I can turn around and go, you've not done well enough. But yeah, so, yeah. so going back to that chasing perfection, do I want to chase perfection? Not anymore, but I think it's something I did want to do. Because you seem to be in conflict with yourself a lot. Oh, yeah. Because you're saying you're saying that a lot of um, a lot of um, negativity. You know, I'm, I'm I'm seeking for negativity, but then on the other hand, at the beginning of the uh, conversation, you said that I'm always well, trying to give out positive vibes. This, this is exactly it. We're talking on, on a personal level on on a podcast, which is no longer a personal level, but obviously you let things <laughs> out that you wouldn't normally let out as such because you know although people will listen to this 
um right now they're not listening to it so it's fine um but you can't i don't think anyone can be positive 100% of the time but i feel that no. you know a smile goes a, a million miles smile at somebody you know you don't know that you might be the first person that smiled in that day they might be having an absolutely atrocious day so me walking past them and i'll just smile you know i might be in a bad mood but you know even if my bad mood and that smile puts a good mood on that person i've done something for that day you know it's yeah it's also like people with mental health you listen to people's story i say people with mental health people suffering with mental health issues can't really like tar it all with one brush <laughs> but you know people will tell you your story or their story and i sort of i'm not one of these people that's going to be like you're going to do great type thing i'm i'm sort of a I, i'll always be positive but you've also got to be realist because painting things as in everything's going to be okay i think is giving people false hope sometimes um but yes ma managing that, people's that's exactly it that's, but i don't know the, the word the i'm not that clever really um but it's it's difficult isn't it because you 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 i want to be positive i want to be happy i am happy you know a lot of people will yeah. comment that i'm overly happy um but there are times you know when it's really quiet and it creeps in no um but obviously as i said I i'm talking to you on this personal level and i'm telling you like my inner workings that doesn't mean that i'm not this happy go lucky type person it just means that i'm more relaxed and you know letting letting the things i normally keep in out letting it go because i will tell people i'm i'm really proud mm. of the journey that i've been on you know i i left school with barely any mm -hmm. gcses I, I just worked i cared about money money has been a big driver for me and then of course then i went to university i got top grades in my undergrad i got top grades in my master's degree i've got this shiny job on the outside but that's what i tell people but on a more personal level, you never, but then anybody would do that. You know, you don't turn around to people and say, you know, these are the bad things that happened in my life. And especially with this social media driven world at the moment, you only show the, the happy side. That's why I like to joke. If like my Instagram has the funny things on it, like the, the things that don't go well, because everybody paints their life to be so perfect that, if anything, the people that are perfect now are the people that show their imperfections because they're showing, they're showing their Absolutely. true self. They're, you know, or they you know, not that you have to lay everything out on the table. I find that quite annoying as well, but I do, I keep my Instagram for like funny things. So I don't, when I, when I tell people of this story of how I, you know, decided to do nothing in school and now look where I am, I don't tell them about, you know, the the breakdown that I had the the late nights the panicking about coursework and everything like that because you don't want to paint that picture that you actually well I don't like to paint that picture about how hard I worked um, but so yeah Alex just just going back to that because it's interesting that you said that but you, you you know you didn't want to try at school and then oh. there, was there a switch that just triggered yourself you know what? what i'm i'm going to before this, work hard, i said this. that i was privileged when i grew up i both my parents they're still married 
we come from a great household. My parents have been massively supportive to me, um, but I didn't like school. I never liked school. The idea of somebody telling me what to do, I was never, so I didn't really bother going to school, um, which seems strange now because I absolutely love education. But at the time, I wasn't interested. Um, I think my parents or my mum tried mm. to say I was too clever for school. I think she was just being nice. Um, but yeah, so school was like a big factor for me. Um, I didn't really like the people I went to school with. I don't think the people that I went to school with particularly liked me either, which didn't really bother me. But I just, I didn't engage with school at all. So that's probably the reason why. So so when I left school, I I basically scraped two C's in science, um, which subsequently is like my best subject ever. But um, but so so when I left <laughs> school, I didn't have a career or anything like that, but I cared about money. And then I got a job and I was already being paid more than these people that were going to sick form and everything like that. And of course, the, you left school at 16 back then. So like 16 years old, you were, you know, making actual money while everybody else was like working Saturday jobs and stuff like that. So I've, I yeah. think my my life was very, very money driven. Um, probably still is, actually. But then I I went through a couple of jobs. I had some amazing jobs. I worked some amazing jobs with some amazing people. I've had some amazing times. But there was this this girl who I actually married um, who appeared in my <laughs> life. Actually, I've known her for a long time. But she appeared in my life as more than just somebody. She was my someone. And then she said, oh, you know, you're clever. She was like, you, you can do more than this. Thank God she was right, because I put myself in a hell of a lot of debt to prove it. Um, but yeah, so so she was that driving force behind it. Maybe, you know, my, I, don't know, I feel like I'm going around in circles here. My mum always said, told me that I could do things and everything like that, but just wasn't interested in school. And I don't know now, like looking back at it, I don't know why I didn't like school. I just didn't like it at all, in the slightest. Um some some people do don't like school because they don't like yeah but then we're saying like that school. and then a b before earlier i like structure so i don't know what was going on there and it was like i can't even say you know like i had a bad life at home or anything i hear a lot of people that i like, didn't go to school because you know their parents were arguing or you know like a, a, a bad home life but my home life was fine yeah but it's the actual school um, environment that that that's, that yeah. could be the issue for for you and you know um, we, when our parents tell us to do to do stuff or they give us advice and stuff like that sometimes we just don't want to listen to them. It's not until somebody yeah. other than our parents so suggests something you think actually that's that's a good idea maybe, maybe yeah yes, I think I that something. was uh, that was it I think well it was it was more because that because I didn't leave I left school with like two C's in science I failed English maths was non-existent um and then Chloe said you know you can do this so I um so I went to night school I say night school it wasn't night school it was like afternoon my boss was very nice I've luckily had some very nice bosses over the years 
so when I said I want to go, uh, mm-hmm. I joined a new company um, as a mechanic still. And I said, oh, um, is it all right if I go to night classes? Because I've applied to go for university, basically. And he went, yeah, of course. So he let me finish early in the afternoons. And I went to like one of those learning centers where um, where you basically do your GCSEs and stuff like that. Um, and it took me no time. I think the course was supposed to be about seven weeks or something. And I did it in about four weeks. And that sort of sparked this this intrigue when I was like, maybe I can do this then. Um, and then I went to college and I was supposed to, I, I think I... I say I think I needed say forty five credits to to pass this access course to go to university, and something then like obviously the 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 English and maths GCSE course already ignited this thing inside me, and then I went to uh, when I went to college, I just I absolutely loved it. I loved every moment of it. As I said, I needed like forty five credits. I think I finished with like seventy eight credits. I have a level two in nuclear physics. I will never use it, but I did it because I could do it. And it was like, again, this is this whole, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. But then you, you found yeah, your environment. I, College was your environment. No, school, school, wasn't your environment. school definitely wasn't, but academia definitely is. I've been like very driven yeah. with academia. Yeah, I'm, uh, my plan in the next probably six to eight months is to apply for my phd uh, just just and anybody says why do you want to get a phd and i say it so i can say the doctor will see you now uh, or if they say is there a doctor <laughs> on the plane i can say yes before having to explain it's a doctor of engineering and not a medical doctor but and my boss actually said this in like in one of my progress meetings they said oh what do you see yourself doing in the future I said i want to do my phd and when they said, why do you want to do this? I gave those two points and they all just looked at me. And I was like, it's a legitimate reason. It's like doing things for the sake of doing. Th- <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I, obviously, I want to, I want to prove. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, it's not. No, it's not. No, no, that's what I was just going to say. It's not, it's not quite the same no. thing as just doing I think it for the sake of doing it. I, it? I always tell people I like, do stuff for the sakes of doing it because I think. It, it hides the fact that I actually really want to do academia because not everybody wants to do it. So, is, no, is no, it's not at all. I think it's just, I just, I don't know. I think some people, if I said, you know, when I when I did my master's degree, I think people thought I was a bit strange wanting to do that because um, I already had a job as well. Um, but doing a PhD is just taking that one step further. And no, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with with that. But to me, I don't know. I just I just always tell people, I just want to do it for the sake of doing it. Of course, I want to do it for, for me. I think I want to do it for me to prove I can do it. To to say, because I like, right. you know, it's, it's this small little boast of mine to say that I left school with barely any GCSEs and I'm here now with a master's degree. You know, it's, but it, it's also really nice for me because I get to like inspire some people. I like doing that. I like saying, you know, you can do this. That's, that's, that's good. Um, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to no. talk coachified on you at the minute, minute Alex, fortunately, but um, 
when when you say you you like doing it to inspire others, that's that's a great yeah. a great mindset to have. I'm going to ask this question now: How much is enough? I'll tell you when I find it. You know, there's always. Uh, you know, how, I don't think I'll ever know. Straight up, if I if I asked Chloe to come into the room and you asked her that question and said, you know, how much is enough for Alex? She'd say, never enough. There's 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 always something to do. There's always why why stop if you don't have to? You know, I'm I'm th- I'm just I'm about to turn thirty three. If I can achieve a PhD by I say thirty six maybe 37 we'll see um you know <laughs> yeah well, that competitiveness yeah, is I, still I, there isn't I it? have slowed down 100 percent, but I, you know I, honestly mate I don't know you know even even in your your coaching side of things I I would honestly just say I'll let you know because I don't think I will I think if I got say I got my PhD I'd want to become a professor I'd always, I always want to do something, you know, but then again, you know, that's, that's this like inspiring side of things. I like turning around to people and saying, you know, you can do this like a hundred percent. Like for instance, I've got a friend who um, did their degree and then didn't think they were good enough to do a master's. And I was like, yeah, of course you can. And now they're like halfway through it and doing it just fine. That's you know that 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 is great, man. Like I said, that's the, the you know a great mindset to have to inspire others. It's the danger is is like I said, when is it enough? When can you sit back and go, I can enjoy what I've got, rather than going for the next goal? It seems to me that you yeah. st- you seem to be pursuing yeah, I something. Think, but that's also time. my my way of coping is to keep myself busy. And I don't know what I'm coping from. You know, it's it's strange. It is, and it. You know, you've just you've just asked the question that Chloe always says: When will it be enough? You know, when will you stop? And I always just say, and I'll because she's she's amazing. You know, she'll always support me. So if you know, if I said mm. you know after this we'll be done, she will be like, all right then, and then I'll get past that, and I'm like, I want to do this now. Like at the moment, I said, "Oh, I really need to start sort sort my PhD out." And she said, "Well, we get it over and done with." So, um, you know, I think as long as it, it's, I don't know, maybe maybe you need to do this podcast with Chloe and then start <laughs> seeing how it works with Chloe <laughs> yeah, instead. Well, yeah. Well, let's get. Yeah, let's get I'll, I'll, I'll ask her if she wants to. I mean, I'd, I'd invite her in right now, but I think she's on the phone to her mum. <laughs> So, you know, it, it is a difficult question you've asked me because th- it makes me feel awkward when you say, you know, when is it? I think there's, there's just a few things that I need to, to get done because I promised myself I'd get a PhD. I never promised myself I'd become a professor, but we'll see. There's still time. <laughs> so we're, we're, like I just yeah. said a minute ago, so you get your PhD. Um, yeah, and then you're going on to your professorship as well. I don't know. What, what's up, dean of a university? We'll see. I don't know because I because <laughs> I touched into academia. 
when I when I just started basically just full time university, um, and then when I did my master's degree, I was working because again I had an amazing company or I work for an amazing company that allows me to take time off. Um, they will pretty much let me do anything because you know it it always benefits a company when they've got somebody that always wants to do something, always wants to learn. Um, because then they can say, look at this shiny person. Um, but mm. I, I'm sure, I'm sure a day will come where I'm like, I've had enough of that now. But because I haven't got bored of it yet. I think right now I've been, I, I finished my master's degree in uh, around about March 2020. Obviously, the global pandemic had just kicked in. Um, and I never got my graduation or anything like that, but I just like, I like the academic life. You know, I like to talk to people on the the same wavelength as me. I like talking to all people, don't get me wrong, but when you can have a really deep conversation about something mm. or a topic that I really like, you know, you know, that's, I like that. I like, I like a challenging conversation. And you gave me one when you said, when will enough be enough? <laughs> well, we we can go a lot Try deeper than that. Too damn deep. not, a, not a problem. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there, man. Everybody's got skeletons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Maybe that's a conversation offline, really. <laughs> um, right, let's let's uh, let's we'll, we'll touch on this. I, th- I think you know what, Alex. I think um, I think I'd love to do another yeah, podcast man. with you at some point, so we can go over some more details. But let let let's move on to. Um, <laughs> To stamp and I can't believe we're 51 minutes into this and now we're only just touching on like um <laughs> well stamp i know stamp came around from the remnants of a, a previous group that i was part of um but basically during the time that i was like having this breakdown um i kept seeing a lot of a lot of like mental, it was, I don't know whether it was like an uprising of men's mental health, but, you know, Andy's Man's Club had just basically just started to be around. Um, you know, people were taking more and more mm. notice of men's mental health. Where and I think that's where I realised that I was like, you know, having some type of mental health issue. Um, and I really wanted to get involved uh, because I'd got past it, or I thought I had until you raised some points, but we won't go into that. Um, no. Um, I, I, and I thought, you know, I really want to help. I really like helping people in in any context. It's it's just that feel good factor. And if uh, again, if you can, if you know, mm-hmm. a burden shared type thing. But if you can pass on, you know, I always said I was that I, I never mm-hmm. had any real mental health issues. So I just wanted to help people in the way that I could help them. And that was obviously with the positive vibes that you've pointed out. I'm not so positive about, um, but so uh, so yeah. The stamp stamp basically rose out of the ashes of a former group that I was part of, and I was I was quite in depth with the former group. And you know, we had people from all over messaging. You know, and again, this is where I realised that this helped me understand that people's mental health issues are on all different levels. You know, we had, I mean, I won't name names and I'll only mm. be general about topics, but we have people with work worries. We have people with 
family trouble we had people with just personal problems and then we had people messaging with things that i never even thought could be a problem but then i realized that obviously i never thought that what i was going through was really a problem i mean nobody ever thinks that somebody that's 27 that's just finished a degree and had the time of their life can have a problem um but so so yeah stamp i joined stamp obviously sean was part of stamp or is slash was as we're now in the new group now um and then me and sean were like quite a driving factor behind behind stamp um sean's very very passionate um and you know i'm i'm quite academic so i like to write things um so getting involved in stamp was really from there from obviously the the former group and then we we all gathered and we had simon simon stayed he absolutely loves karaoke um and i he's he's just honestly simon is one of the nicest people you could ever meet you think i'm placid or you know i i think anger is a wasted energy you can speak to simon um He's an absolute. He's an absolute uh, legend. We ran the Plymouth Half Marathon. No, it wasn't Plymouth Half. It was Plymouth Ten K, and uh, he hadn't trained at all. And obviously, I've been training forever for that. So we ran together for a bit, and then we got to like the halfway <laughs> mark, and um, he was already. He was already like. No wonder he ran out of energy. He was dancing and singing on the way down, like halfway down. And then he said, "Look, he's like, I'm slowing you down, mate. You go on." So I ran off and then where you turn the corner, basically run past. So you're running past the people at the tail. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Simon jumps out in front of me. He's like, keep going, mate. You go. I'm like, God, scared the crap out of me. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was, <laughs> there was, I'm trying to think how I can link this in because I'm still here. All right. So, all right, my phone just flicked closed. It got bored of me. Yeah, you are, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Stamp was was basically Plymouth and Cornwall. And we had quite a few people that had come from the previous group, um, which was great. But then we'd always been interlinked with Safe Place because uh, we, we know Becca or we knew mm. Becca previously. Um and then yeah. Becca started helping out with Stamp. And then obviously, you know, the two groups, I think it was, it got to a head where we were trying to run two groups. And then we realized that this was, you know, Safe Place has already, already had a lot of people on it. And we were trying to grow Stamp. But yeah, I think we weren't doing too well because... Uh, you don't want to say like the market's flooded as such, but because mental health become such a a big thing in recent years, there's a lot of groups out there and I have nothing against any other group whatsoever. I think all support is good support. Um, but obviously Stamp wasn't growing. Absolutely. I mean, it, it still had its firm supporters and we still have them and they're, you know, great followers and they've moved over because now we're all part of Heal, which is how I'm talking to you and how I know you now. Um. Like, I think I like, for me, it's talking to people. You know, I like talking to people. You'll very rarely see me post anything. I don't really bother with 
social media as such i only have social media because chloe says she needs to tag me in things if i deleted my social media she'd be married to nobody um <laughs> so but if you message heal or you know if you message any of the groups you'll almost definitely get me um because i like to talk to people i just like to know people's stories i like to see if i can help them i also know that if i can't help them i know somebody in the group that can help them um, and that's the good thing. That that is the the great yeah. thing, and the fact that we've pulled together is that there's so many people now that can, you know, can be selected from as such. I mean, nobody's ever going to need to talk to yeah. me, and I'm alright with that. Um, but it's that's that's what <laughs> I like about it. Not that nobody ever needs to talk to me. Is that we have this wealth of knowledge now. We have this amazing group of people who will give every moment of their day you know work permitted to, to helping people and i really like that i like yep. feeling you know feeling this group is is really coming together and i think obviously heal i think the the problem right now obviously is that with this global pandemic although we can do the online stuff there's none of the real like you know let's go and meet for a coffee type thing because because up here i've met i've met quite a few people yeah, from, from a previous group you know we've been for coffees um it was just great to again this was it you know people have somebody they don't know from adam that they can vent to and i'm i'm you know, as you are quite aware we are 59 yeah. minutes into me talking non-stop so i can talk for england um so but but at the same time, sometimes it is just nice to talk to somebody that doesn't know you. Because I, I don't judge anybody yeah, within absolutely. reason. I mean, I've got no need to judge people. Do what you like, really. As long as it doesn't affect me, I really don't mind. Um, so that was that. that's what I like, is that people, you know, you don't, you don't have, there's no... I think part of the element with the mental health group that we've got now is if you message the page you don't know who you're talking to and that's sort of like an anonymity yeah for for people talking to the group you don't know who you're talking to we can you know say hi it's alex or it's you know it's james or anybody like that in the messages and everything like that but they they still don't know you so it's only and that's what i like is that if people come, yeah. they can get their advice and then they can leave again. Or people can stay and they can you can start to know them on a more personal level. It's it's all about how somebody wants to feel. You know, and I think that's that's quite good in in the social media aspect because you don't really it's easy. Like right now, you're not in front of me. So I'm not talking to you face to face. You can't see the fact that I've wipe the dust off the table however many times now um <laughs> uh, is that is that yeah i, I would say so no no it's not it's not in the te in the context of yeah. me talking to somebody no not really i'll talk to anybody but you know you you sort of you have this anonymity don't you it's all it's almost like you you know i could be yeah. sat here in my underwear right now and you wouldn't know I'm not, but you know, that's, 
but but you told <laughs> me to switch my webcam on. So yeah. You um, can say what you like. Uh, so you know, as I said, there's this anonymity <laughs> behind this social media aspect, which I think is great because if people want to get involved on a personal level and they want to come to meets when we eventually can do them and stuff like that, and they want to introduce themselves face to face, that's great. But if they only want, you know, I don't know, they've got mm. uh, they've got money worries or. Um, or, or, or anything really sometimes people don't want that face to face they don't want you to know who they are as such they just want that advice and I think yeah yeah that's and I agree that's but, the sort of the there is that behind stigma it, behind it, it but sometimes people just like that people don't want to be a hundred percent involved you know you don't want to go to a, a group picnic mm. to talk about your troubles you just want to you know hi you know these are my problems and then somebody says you know you know have a look at it this way maybe this person can help you can have a little bit of a chat and they say you know you really helped you made me realize that not everybody's you know some other people are having troubles with this you know thank you for the advice goodbye and then some people want that want that more i don't know rounded experience where they'll where they'll meet us and they almost become this family and that obviously like sometimes the reason why as with me you know they they suffer because they just want somebody to talk to they just want somebody that knows how they feel and i think that that's how it should be because uh, you've you've highlighted the the mental yeah. health stigma behind it you although we can say you know we're going to stamp out the stigma we're going to drive it away you know we're we're going to make it so everybody can experience, you know, it, it sounds bad for me to say this, but I don't think we'll ever have everybody get rid of the stigma behind their mental health because some people don't want to admit that they've got it. They want to quietly carry on, maybe get a little bit of advice yeah. here or there and then be gone again. And that's it. So I think we offer that nice service and I'm sure somebody will tell me off for saying that we, can't stamp out everything but that's what i believe and we all have different views but i like the fact that we have this social media platform that allows for the anonymity if they want or if they want to meet in person you know there's i can't wait until i can go for a coffee with people oh I also yeah. realize that we are now an hour and 16 into this and i'm not sure we've ever really apart from you asking that really deep meaningful question is this really covering enough mental health? I know you said this was just two blokes chatting, but I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> it literally is two blokes chatting. But um, no, I think, I think I unknowing to you, you, yourself, you've, you've covered quite a bit, to be honest. Um, when we, when you, when you, you are aware that it, I am not you, listening. Back you might be surprised what we have covered. Right, because I hate the sound of my voice. I don't think I sound like I am. <laughs> um, and I, oh, I know, but you know, at least I haven't got a Cornish accent. I don't think so. anyone does. Um, but is there any, is there anything else you want to touch on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I well, think we've pretty much covered what I what I had down and and a lot more to yeah. be honest with you. So, uh, I think we should we should wrap it up. And yeah, man. Uh, I really would like to get yeah, if you if you so we can discuss a bit more. Yeah, um, especially around prying the, uh, into things, the perfectionist side of your. I mean, am I gonna am I gonna leave feeling like <laughs> like hollow? Yeah, yeah. 
Like you, you've cried too much out of me. But no, no, I'd I love to come on back. I, I think it, it's been great actually having a nice chat. It's nice to <laughs> I hope to chat to somebody that yeah. will just. Oh, I say it's nice to chat to somebody. It's nice to talk at someone for an hour and twenty minutes. No, oh, yeah, no, I've, just like, I've, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, it. now you know me deeper than I know me. Great. I hardly ever spoke. Um, I mean, no, but yeah, yeah, man. Any time, you know. Um, it's not I'll probably. I'll I'll try and but... talk the wife. No, I won't. Um, but no, it's been great, mate. It has been. It's been good. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 brilliant, man. No right. problem, mate. Yeah. Thank. Yeah. Thank no worries, mate. I'll catch you later, then. And, uh, Cheers. We'll speak soon, Alex. Bye. Thank you to Alex for being so honest about his life. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it. Thank you for listening. And remember, a positive mindset leads to a positive life.